This is the Bangda Podcast. Sup, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Bangda Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing the judges from Bangda at the Alamo, Shrag, Varan, and Priyanka. We go through the normal stuff we always do. Why did everyone place the teams the way they did, etc. But we also answer some of your specific questions that y'all sent in on Discord, such as why did STK not place at all? Why did FBC by AEG not place? What gets someone picked as the best answer? And a few more. Like always, if you liked what you heard today, the absolute best thing you can do to help the podcast is just to share this episode with a friend. Lastly, just a programming note, next Thursday, April 14th, we're going to be talking to the Blowout panel. April 21st, the week after, we're going to be talking to the Down South panel. The Derby City panel said they'd be down, but I'll get y'all a date once we get closer to the competition. I also spoke to Bruin, and they said they'd send me their judging list once they select them, so hopefully I can actually get them on a panel I'm liking past years. If there are any other in-person competitions y'all want us to interview, just ask us in the podcast Discord, and I'll see if I can make it work up. Please be patient with me. I, I'm still in med school, so I'm doing my best to stick to these deadlines, but cut me some slack if I fall behind on a few. Anyways, enough of me blabbing. Let's get into it. So, I guess the first thing when it comes to, uh, when it comes to everything in this podcast and this competition, I really want to make sure that everyone understands the rubric, because I think Alamo's rubric is, personally, like when I was reading this, I was kind of surprised at like, it, or maybe not surprised. It is definitely more on the like execution side than most rubrics I've seen over the past like ye- two or three years or so, and I kind of want to make sure that everybody understands that when before we go into it. So if anybody can like kind of just like read through the rubric and kind of get us give us an understanding of what's on it, whoever wants to take it. Yeah, I have it up so I can start. Um, so the rubric is split um forty points choreo and design. 50 points team execution, and then 10 overall impact. And when we're looking at choreo and design 40 points, there's four sections, choreography, traditional elements, creativity, and transition. So what held the biggest weight in the section was choreo. So basically just was there high quality and variation of Bungar steps? Was the choreo difficult or was it just like a simple rehash of standard steps? Was it innovative and entertaining? And then was the quality of the choreo engaging? So that was 15 points. Next up after that was traditional elements. Um, and this was a huge thing that we talked a lot about. Is there evidence of knowledge of traditional bhangra And as well as a clear distinction between each segment that was executed. Um, and along with that is, are the bhangra beats used properly? And were instruments and props utilized correctly and with respect? Then there's like a creativity section, another 10 points. Was there a level of originality? Um, were there creative elements that were unique? Did they take any risks? And then were the formations creative? Um, and the last part of that is transitions, which we don't see usually like as its own section in rubrics, but did the piece flow well, um, especially in the transitions? Did the choreography formations and mix complement each other? Were there dynamic pace changes? Did teens rotate um, dancers to the front? And then did they use the full stage? So that's a uh, total of five points. Um, and then team execution. I'm not going to read every question in this because it's pretty standard, but 15 points for form, five for stage presence, 10 for sync, uh, 10 for formations, like where they hit clearly and stuff like that, and then 10 for energy. Um, and then overall impact was five points for music elements. So this is a little different. Um, was the mix fluid? Were there a good balance of songs, effects, and samples? 
um, who are any instrumentalists like dolis or singers, um, did they add value or distract from the set? Um, and then last five was memorability. Um, were their opening and ending uh, impactful? Was it well thought out and executed? That kind of stuff. Um, I believe when we helped the board make the rubric, they started off with a base using the bird rubric. Um, and that's what we kind of made tweaks off of. Um, but yeah, they really wanted an execution-based competition, and that's what they were striving for. And um, I think this rubric encompasses that well. Um, but yeah, any comments? I, uh, from else? Yeah, I'll just add one thing yeah. to that. They, when mm -hmm. we made this rubric, we really tailored it to a team bringing its own identity, executing it, and just really hitting it to the nail. That's how we really made this rubric. It's not about like, oh, the team that's going to be the cleanest is going to win. There's still that identity piece. So like, for example, like it could be a more folk team coming in. If that's your identity, it could be a more creative team coming in. Like you can have Fodge, not to pick Shrog, you have Fodge come in, they can win, or they have SPD come in and they can win. So it wasn't like tailored towards like, oh, this is a folk ass comp. It's you know, it's going to be that versus running around on stage versus just best followers is how we really wanted it to tailor this. And that's what the board and committee wanted as well. Just wanted to add that there. And, and just to add one last comment to that, um, it was the dialogue between us and the teams, uh, was in relativity to their styles, right? So we weren't going off the cusp and being like, okay, this is the rubric. Well, it was them bringing their style to the rubric, right? So, uh, we had to make sure that we catered the dialogue to each team in respect to their sets. Uh, I just wanted to point that out there to, uh, to, uh, Barnum Branco. For like somebody who's like listening to like, what do you mean by like, you're bringing your identity, you're judging the identity. Like how, how exactly are you doing that? So there are certain teams that get, uh, more creative with their choreography, uh, mm -hmm. certain teams that are, uh, they're. It's how the teams are playing the categories of the rubric, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Um, if we're looking at the rubric, uh, whether they're execution-based or whether they're design-based, um, what teams are filling out what categories more, right? And so the dialogue ended up being more about constructive criticism to those teams where the categories that they didn't hit uh, kind of fell, fell low. So that's where our dialogue ended up being based on how we had that discussion with the team. So if a team was extremely synchronized, but synchronization was uh, in lieu of being creative, mm -hmm. right? We had to address it in that light to those teams. Um, okay. So, and, and when you're saying so, when you're saying addressing it, do you mean like like post comp judges meeting, or are you talking about like scoring and deliberations? Right? A, a bit of a bit of the whole comp, right? So okay. yeah, a bit of how we had our dialogue, judged the comp, what we mm -hmm. told teams prior to the to the mm -hmm. uh, okay. To the competition even happening and then in the judges meetings after the fact mm -hmm. as well so it okay. was thematic throughout the whole weekend and prior to it okay um one thing i did notice when and like this is one of the questions we got as well but um one thing i noticed with this rubric is that it didn't seem to like i mean it, there is in creativity there's like a where the formation's creative but like there wasn't really a like section for formational creativity just wanted to know like what was the what was the rationale behind that yeah i mean we ended up calling it out in that category mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in order for it to suffice it was called out in the category so when we talked to teams about formational creativity mm -hmm. if they were dock points because there was a lack of it 
it was in that category. Okay. Uh, and that's something that teams brought up prior to the competition as well from our mm -hmm. judges meetings. So we're able mm -hmm. to make that clear that, hey, if you okay. do get docked because formations aren't elaborate, then that's where it's going to come out it's from. Sorry, sorry. And just to add more light, yeah, like Sherrod was, what he was saying, right? One team did place primarily because of their formations and their creativity. Okay. Right. And the All teams right. knew yeah. about this on pre-judges meeting. Sure, we didn't have a separate comp, a separate section for it, but it was in there. We looked at it and it was, you know, spot on to all the seven teams brought on and one team literally placed because of that. All right. So um, main part of the podcast I really want to go through is placings. And we've got a lot of questions about placings. So first show order was DDJ, SDK, AEG by FCB. F I'm so sorry. AEG by FBC. Um, force of habit. Uh, DCBC, ASAP, GGW, and Gator. And for anybody who knows, it's not the ASAP from like California. It's like this other ASAP from Florida. So there's that. And then overall, the placings were GGW, ASAP, DDJ, SDK, AEGF, BC, Gator, and DCBC. Um, so kind of going going off it. What were the major conversations like? Like how did the deliberations go? Yeah, so a majority of our conversation was figuring out second and third place. Um, that's why mm -hmm. it took so long, because we had a lot of differing opinions with valid reasoning, without a doubt. But it was just like, we got to a point where we're like, okay, we just got to vote and go with that. Um, I think first place for all of us was a lot easier to decide because we were all on the same page about that. Um, and then after that, it was looking at point differentials, um, where some teams ranked higher in certain sections versus others. Um, and then just thinking about the comps vision and what Alamo wanted from the teams and who did that the best. Um, I had my rankings were first place. I had GGW second. I had, um, ASAP and then third DDJ and SDK fourth. Um, for me, the biggest thing was my point differential between DDJ and SDK was extremely close. It was 1.5 points apart. And for me, it was, is that 1.5 difference where DDJ is higher enough to give them third? Or was SDK close enough where, yeah, they really pushed it and they need to deserve third? Um, in the end, I thought it was clear for me that DDJ had that over them and even though the point differential was really small for me it was a bit easier we'll get into this later i'm sure but um that's what my thoughts were during the deliberation i think i was the odd one out was when we're doing the deliberation i had first gbw all across the board of you know one second and we all agreed on that day i second i had sdk third i believe i don't have the force in front of me i believe i had asap and then fourth i had, I had and... AEG. And then fifth, I had DDJ. Mm -hmm. And I'll just mm -hmm. get to the animals real quick a bit, right? My second, even my first place team, but especially from second to fifth, it was about three points difference, like one or two, three points, something like yeah. that. Very close. End of the day, SDK, the, I mean, we give them feedback, but long story short, SDK really lacked in formation. They went 16, formations were not there, whatever. Some judges disagreed with that was not created. To me, you know, everyone has a different perspective. I enjoy their style. Right, whatever. I thought the sound was fine. I thought it was orchestrated well. When they really lost was formation. There weren't major mistakes in their set. There was definitely the biggest, which all three of us definitely agreed upon. Their back half of their dancers, that's just really walked. 
majority of the set, right? So okay. it's different on video. When you're watching live, you see facial expression, you see neck clap out. You can't, you mm-hmm. guys don't watch that during video. You're like, that's that. There's a facial expression. He's a gap. He's a walk. Yeah. You know, I'm not calling you, but you're And that's a big, big, big thing. This could have been very popular. Third mm-hmm. place to me, ASAP had a phenomenal form. Yeah. Kids, they're high schoolers. I'm not saying that's why it's going to take some lot of form. A lot of However, even though they are immature in that dance aspect, they do so well together that it's fair. And the four majors were out of the world. For that, and I was okay going second. To me, actually, you know, I got way put in the second. So that's fine. I'll take care of that. Third, um, both judges wanted DDJ. Great set, look creative. I get the whole gimmick. So I got the baseball gimmick. I got the starting. I like the, the biggest thing. I have three key things. One is when you stick up Kunde. It was, I believe, as a part, which I think it was um, Tash and Jordy and Mitra. They picked up six Kunde, maybe eight, I don't remember. And they chucked them off stage. Six Kunde hit the ground off stage. You guys maybe not see it on the live stream. That's a DQ for me. But whatever. That's one. The second thing, the team did Mirja to the same beat they picked up Tumar. And when we explicitly on the judges meeting said, do whatever the heck you want to do. Doesn't matter how you do it, but do it to the proper beats, and you do that, you're gonna get docked. That's another DQ for me, at least what I would look in my heart. At that point, I'm not even looking at the rubric. I'm just looking, it's more of a heart decision. I can't play 16. That those those two things uh, two things. Third thing is you have one of your main dancer Jordy kissing the stage, you know, or blowing hearts or whatever, high fiving each other, mature enough that I like. It's not a gig sack. You're professional, right? So these three things to me in their set is why they rank fifth. If you now you take those three things out, they probably would have got second, maybe even potentially third because they did pretty well, right? There's obviously like they want to clean up. There's obviously things going on. They have good dancers. But those three things where I would not out of the day. Basically, my side. Yeah, so um, I've had, if I'm not mistaken, I had. Uh, so you had, I can, I can read, I can read them off for you. So you had GGW at seventy, ASAP at sixty-two, DDJ at sixty-two, SDK at fifty-six, AEG forty-eight. Yeah, so I might judge on a tougher scale than these guys. Uh, but I, I personally think that we have to hold certain things accountable in, in regard to Parada. I, I agree with Barn on the three elements that he mentioned we called out. Um, I think we were all in agreement with those three things. I think we may have perceived them differently on how we were judging based on the rubric. Um, and for me, it really came down to categories and who played which categories well. I personally thought some teams came out with safer sets. Um, 
And it was tough for me. That's why I, I think I can speak for all three of us. We didn't have like a performance, even first place. It wasn't like a blown away performance for us. It was like, you know, they did the best to the rubric that was at hand. But I think the biggest thing for me and, and judging on my end was I, I felt like first place CGW, uh, they may have had a less creative set at times, but their level of execution and stage presence, I think carried them over the other teams. Um, and their creativity was well-timed and transitions probably the best of the night for me. Uh, and I think we all agreed on transitions for them, which at this comp, it was a bit sad, to be honest. Uh, transitions from teams were just lacking. Teams weren't setting up their drops properly, or it was redundant setups and drops. Um, and I was able to voice that to teams. Uh, second place ASAP, I think I had it for them from a creativity and a formational perspective. If you looked at creativity, choreography, and formations, three big categories it took for them. Uh, I would agree with Barnard. Stage presence was not, from a maturity perspective, there. Uh, that's where they were probably in the mid to lower tier of teams for me when I categorized them. Um, and then third place DDJ. Uh, I thought DDJ took the nod over SDK for me uh, because of elements in execution also for uh, SDK in, in my perspective. I thought SDK's elements of execution. So there were, I believe, four, five categories under there. There was form, stage, presence, sync, sync formations, and energy. Energy took a drop for me. Uh, formations took a drop for me. Uh, not that uh, they were, I'm not sorry, not formations there. It was uh, when it talked about creativity in formations. So creativity took a drop for me, but in execution, it was energy, uh, stage presence, sync. And I thought they had good form, but I thought sync was lacking on their end. And what I mean by that is, if they had gone one through 12, if they went with a 12-man side at this comp, I felt like they could have done a lot better in terms of synchronization. Their deviation between their one through 16 was far greater than that of the other two, other three teams that place, in my perspective. And that's kind of what took over the top for me. And it honestly, the design element of the set, it was a safer set than a lot of the teams that came that night. So in regard to safety of their set and deviation and dancing, um, some people look like the front day looked like they had strong form. They looked like they had strong presence of, 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 uh, of the stage, uh, great synchronization. But when you have some people standing, some people bending their knees, it starts becoming more tran transparent on, on sync. And I personally feel like as a judge, we have to hold that accountable. Um, we can't go ahead and say that, you know what? They did a 16 man set. We should reward them for that. Or they did a set that was on an execution cleanliness perspective better than other teams. They had a sub drop, uh, sorry, uh, Kunda drop as well in their set. Um, and it was air apparent from Fran Jordi. Fran Jordi looked a little lost right in the beginning of it and then picked his Kunda up uh, out of the feet of his uh, Jordi dot on the left, if I am not mistaken, and picked it up and hit his jaw. It wasn't an issue. The recovery timing was a bit more apparent. Um, ASAP also had Blue Jordi where sub drop and Kondadrov for the same goal. Uh, Sopdrop was a bit more apparent. Got rid of the sop and kept dancing. Wasn't too much of a breakoff. Kunda was the same way. Kunda dropped, and he was going to the backside of the stage and kind of trying to grab his Kunda so that, hey, nobody can see it, right? And it was more reactiveness. And I saw more maturity and reactiveness in that instance. So when it came to deductions for both the teams, it was like, well, the reaction timing and how it's displayed in the sequence of the set being done uh, was a little bit stronger for me. 
And to be honest with you, my deviation in points is just deviation of points. My rankings are more important for me. Um, it's easy for me to look at a set and be like, I'm ranking based on this. And now I go back to points and seeing how I need to talk to the teams based on the rubric and what they missed. Kind of like I said before. So those are my mm -hmm. placing teams. And uh, yeah, we can talk about others. Yeah, so one thing, one thing specifically, and I kind of just like the reason I wanted you all to speak a little bit more specifically on SDK is just because we've got a lot of questions on just like why specifically SDK did not place. And so I know you guys hit hit on it, but just just right. to reiterate. So for me with SDK and DDJ being so neck and neck, um, it was very apparent that DDJ did have that more creative aspect. So they got that top half of the rubric going for me. Yes, they're sync needed work without a doubt their dancers did not dance all the same or have the same form yeah that was impaired but for me sdk did not have their creativity and then on top of that they didn't have sync either so because ddj had that creativity that pushed them over the edge for me um with sdk yes i completely respect having a more traditional set and portraying Bhangna that way as it should be and we gave them the freedom to do that with this rubric but it did ask for risks it did ask for creative formations and then on top of that I was still missing that overall josh from all of the dancers I can name maybe one dancer on the team where I really really felt that and it was the red guy who was in the front for a lot of the time um one big thing I did tell them at uh the judges meeting was formations you guys are just moving every 16 beats and you're not really doing too much or something that's very difficult. Whereas DDJ, they took that risk. They had great dancer rotation. Um, they did mechanisms that were very difficult to achieve formationally. Um, yeah, they kind of sabotaged themselves when it came to sync in that sense, but they still took that risk and they still tried to do something difficult. Yeah, and uh, I can I can comment on that perspective of uh of where they may not see I think one thing about all of us this is what we said to two different teams if you're coming slow amazing I think we all really appreciate both traditional teams like I've judged live I've judged music so have the utmost appreciation if you're like meaning if you're going to do Bangra do it properly in terms of setting your phone. I think we, I only said that to one team the whole night because it seems like they did a better job depicting it in our judges meetings. I could only really truly say that to one team that I could see an attempt towards doing Bhangra at its foundational perspective when you're executing. Um, and that kind of was a generic statement of embodying Bhangra. But with SDK, that's something like I didn't get from a design perspective or from an execution perspective. To be honest, I, I felt like because of the dancer deviation, it lacked. Um, so I'm not going to go ahead and sit there and award a team where that level of strength isn't there from one through 16. If you're going 16 and taking that risk, great. But we never called out in any judges meeting dialogue or discussion. If somebody goes 8, 10, 12, 16, we never had that dialogue or discussion. So it was up to the team to make that choice. They made the choice. And I would say four to yeah four to eight of their dancers uh were lacking definitely and that's something that we couldn't or i couldn't go behind um and yeah it just comes back to that deviation of dancing for me 
Perfect. No, so I was on the other side. So I agree with formationally. These guys were blocking. There was times where they did had a shit formation. I mean, sorry. Yeah, they had a shit formation. They were just triple hitting for like maybe 32 counts. And that's the way they picked up Kunde. Same formation in and out, whatever it is, right? 100%. However, I creativity-wise, I enjoyed their set because I feel like the creativity was doing Basically, they were acting on some of the lyrics to the set. They did a full me a second smile. They brought the rings. They did the smile. They did the loop de little thing there. I like their starting throwing God set right there, right? I think creativity-wise, when it comes to their set build, the set was built fine. Formationally, they lacked. That's why if you look at my scores, they were lower than the other three teams. I think I give them like a seven or eight. Other teams were like 10 or 11, right? Formationally. Um, as far as energy, 100% agree. But I don't think the form was bad to me when i'm judging right because i've also like you know form you can have great form right stamina and form are completely different right so if i mark you off a stamina or energy on this rubric out in front of me right that doesn't mean i'm going to kick your ass in execution as well right because you're shot you could tear your guessing straight your legs are fine your hand placements are fine i think they did that relatively better than most teams that came in today i think their form and their Pungara was better. I think, in fact, the red Jordy kind of took away from them because he was going a little too ham. You know, I'm sure everyone in the circuit knows the guy. He's a great guy. He's a friend, right? And I told him to, in front of his face, too. I think if he chilled out a little bit, maybe that could have drawn a little bit better. So we're, our eyes are not just looking at him all the time. So it was like, man, that guy was always in the front. He may have been. But that's also like how folks that's usually are. You have your red Jordy in front and everyone's going around, right? You don't move him front. But that's why you should probably go 12-2 versus 16 because then it's give or take, right? Um, I mean, I for those reasons, I think the maturity of dancers are there. I think the set was, I enjoyed the set. I thought it was a creative mm -hmm. set based off of what they actually made the set of. The actual choreo was creative to me, right? Was it, the, was it better than DDJ? No. But was it better than maybe half of the teams that were there? Yes, in my opinion, right? And formationally, mm -hmm. 100%, they were in the bottom two, three. And that's what really took them to beat there. And because of that, I was okay with giving them second or third. DDJ, once again, they got third. I don't know if that was a question, but they placed, they placed. But there was three things. It's just I can never place a team for those three things. You throw, you chuck Kunde, it's a ground, DQ. Go to any comp, any comp I went to, that would be a DQ, right? I'm not even going to bring up India because it's not fair, right? We're, we're in America. We're going to talk about North American shit, right? I think that's a DQ, most comps, right? You start blowing kisses like to us when I started growing up, and I'm sure a lot of people here, the judges here also know that's a big no. You don't do that on an actual professional, you know, stage. You're competitive. That's actually that's actually really funny because I specifically yes. I, I know who you're talking to, and like it wasn't just uh, one guy. It was actually two guys like, because um, he specifically Cash also did like, something blow... too. But yeah. No, I know, I know. There's like a yeah, they 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 both specifically like blow a kiss on every performance, and like that's like a thing. In, yeah, like, no, I've seen like multiple times. Work. And then giving and random like most... high fives in the middle. So I don't know if that was a gimmick. If that was a gimmick, then I totally missed it, right? Like I don't think that high five is more like oh shit, we're killing mm -hmm. bro high five. That's what it seemed like to me, right? Because then your execution goes to shit because you're not mm -hmm. in sync anymore to the actual routine. You're blowing kisses. That that also hits me in execution, right? That's what I'm saying. I don't think that team executed well. They won the top out, hundred percent. The bottom app, they should, mm -hmm. I think they tremendously lack. On top of that, the understanding of Pungara right there, when you're doing a fucking step, don't even do it. If you're doing Mirja, do the same B you pick up to Maranad. Not even Tamal. 
I've never seen this in my life. Jamut. Come on. I, I, I personally I've haven't. I've seen a lot of times, but yes, yeah, you're not wrong. I've seen that and a lot, I, right? I, I can see This it. was the first one I actually seen. Mm -hmm. To me, I just, at that point, rubric didn't matter. At that point, nothing mattered. It's just my heart, the love for this art. I can't place them. So and that's Mark, I what think, happened there. I think I can speak a little bit more on that because the team did reach out to me just to get clarification on like their meeting and they had some questions. And from my understanding, it was a risk that they were taking and attempting to accomplish. Did the risk pay off? No, I think we can all agree. No, it did not pay off it at did all. Pay off, did it did <laughs> No, not because of that sole reason. No, but that with that specific part, no, it didn't pay off. And I think we were all on the same page about that, that it looked really weird. And for me, where it really missed for me was people were confused doing it, which makes sense because it does, beat-wise, it didn't, fundamentally doesn't make sense. You don't do Mirza to a jumper beat. Right. And it showed when they came to their execution, people were confused. People were off beat. People didn't even look the same or do the stuff the same. Um, and that's where it affected them. And here's another part. I'm glad you brought the last part up. They picked this team picked up. I think there was only teams. Uh, two teams picked up Medja both times. One team, the other team did Medja with the Malfi. I think it was Gator. So whatever. But like when DDJ, another thing, if you actually watch their set, and this is all for just memory, I believe, and I think it was Red. I could be wrong. Mm. When you're doing the first, the second part of Midija, these guys ran across the street, not actually executing the actual Midija, right? It's a simple move, but it's so hard to execute. Mm -hmm. And then when you have judges like us sitting up there, we're going to dock you for that, right? Because we've been doing this for 15, 20 years. So that's, that's just my opinion. But as to key in my opinion, should have placed, but it's fine. It is what it is. On to the next one. Everyone keep their heads up. Go from mm -hmm. there. All right. Um, a few other questions uh, that just kind of hit. Specifically, some people were very surprised that FBC, AEG, AEG, FBC um, didn't place specifically. And so I want to, it's, it seems like based off your, your placing, they were like pretty much consistent in like fifth place, fifth, fourth place for the most part. So I just wanted to give you, give you all a chance to talk about that. I mean, I can, I can start on that. So. I think one area on the rubric uh, is about choreography difficult. And then right after that, and this is what I said in the judges meeting, so I'm going to keep it consistent to what I told them as well, right? Said it was choreography difficult or simply rehash of standard steps. I thought their choreography was difficult. Um, I didn't think that they played it safe uh, compared to some of the teams that night. They were, they were probably a top two to top three team for me in terms of choreography being difficult. Um, and then mm -hmm. also they got those points for me in creativity. However, uh, choreography in that same category, it addresses was choreography entertaining. Now, if I'm giving blanket points and if I'm giving just points out to give points out, I could be like, okay, because of that first line that I read, I can say to me, their choreography at times wasn't entertaining. I feel like what they designed wasn't a, a product that I admired. And another thing from a difficulty perspective, I thought their set was difficult. But I also thought they had a lot of redundancy in the way they were setting up their drops. Every other drop that they had was a setup with a spin. And at one point, halfway mm -hmm. through the set, I was like, this is tiresome. Like, this is tiresome, not for them to just do, but it's, it's redundant. So now when I talk about like originality, I'm like, in your own set, 
And I mean, we're judging just this set. In your own set, it seems like kind of lost. What do we do for transitions into those moves, right? So not only did it go down for me in transitions personally, but it also went down in, in um, that category of, of creativity, right? It, in their own set, it wasn't creative for, for me. Um, so those categories, had they had more deviation between what they were presenting and doing things that were more entertaining that stuck and hit, like, I think people may have liked their Joomer. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of like flat in terms of entertainment value. I think they did a Nostrad song and I mean, we know that JJ's done it before. We know that AEG's done it before. So with AEG doing it again, it makes sense to their identity. I get it. But I didn't feel like mix wise and also from a choreo wise perspective, it was done well. So there are different things like that. And then the other thing was there was a lot of looking around for me. And I felt like their dancer deviation in terms of stage presence was lacking. I thought at times that, oh, when you say looking around, can you clarify? Yeah. Looking around yeah. for formational spots, right? Formational spots, uh, seeing if you're going to hit somebody. Uh, I think that for me, took away from stage presence at times, but I think what carried it for them were their girls, uh, probably the best girl squad of the night. Um, and you have to give kudos where it needs to be given. Right. So I think the girls have better stage presence one through four, if I'm not mistaken, uh, correct me if I'm wrong guys, but then they're one through eight and they're guys. And that was mm. kind of apparent for me, right? So different areas where it kind of brought it down. I thought SDK did a better job um, than they did in terms of deviation there. And I thought that SDK had a more entertaining set than they did. So that's why I had SDK at four and then uh, fifth. And just to let everybody know, we were deliberating only one spot up and down for the top four teams, if I'm not mistaken, guys. Mm. So that was also a part of it. And when it came to our combined scores after everything's normalized our top four were in that order um and F F fbc i don't want to screw their name up because i don't want to make them mad fbc and eg fell in fifth from our scores and from our dialogue and discussion mm -hmm. right and going off of that without a doubt they did have a lot of great ideas great variations but when you're doing them back to back every four beats you're doing something new like drag said nothing ends up standing out to you and it i got to the end of it and i was like what did i just watch like i can't even place like what i saw where because it was so many different things going on back to back and you're not highlighting your drops the way you should you're not highlighting your formations or any mechanisms that you're doing well because there's just so much going on at once and it's not digestible to the audience right we can maybe watch one segment at a time and be like oh wow those are really great ideas but they need to be spread out really well throughout the entire set that you create okay maybe in each segment you need two things that are interesting and different next segment another one or two and keep going on in that direction but for me it was just way too much to handle and like Trog said before, I want to give props to their girls. Definitely best women dancing that night. And it was so much fun to watch them. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what my thoughts were on them. No, completely agree with both uh, judges here. I think the only thing I can add, I mean, it basically covered everything, is when I was watching their set, right, so obviously you can tell there's two teams trying to combine, right? I think that was their downfall. They came out with the whole, like, I think they did more job and they, like, did the whole, like, put the glove on thing and trying to be AG. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm already, like, you know, 
it's natural, man. We watch EG. I'm like, they're going to do some EG stuff there. But then that's it. And then, like, it didn't really, I didn't get that identity from them. And then, like, they'll do something crazy with their props. But then they'll, the first mm -hmm. segment after that is a simple tamal to a, a Jugni drop. It was just, like, all over the place. I don't think the set design really helped them. There was risks, 100%. I agree. I think, but I think overall, the whole set, there wasn't that great identity to it. There were some good dancers there. The girls definitely were better. And they could have definitely placed. I think I had them fourth or fifth, too. Um, but because of those reasons between these two guys, and mm -hmm. for me especially, like, that lack of identity, and just you can tell there's two teams trying to, like, balance the set out. And it was evident. Because FBC, yeah, FBC, mm -hmm. there I judge them by more said. I know they're more of a folk, takake, pangara team. And AG is more of a risk-taking, you know, let's get a little creativity team and they were trying to do the thing but i think they got lost in actually making this set which was really their downfall and i think we mentioned that in their judges meeting so yeah we asked them um yeah. actually like why these two teams mm -hmm. coming together and they straight up told us like we're friends we wanted to dance together um for me personally when i heard that i'm all for friends dancing that's what i love to do but when it comes to wanting to come to a competition and win like you gotta be on the same page about what you're trying to put on stage um and we didn't really get that because it was very clear that it was two ideas kind of trying to meet in the middle but not doing it well um but yeah cool all right last question that i got um so a lot of people are like this was this came from the last comp last panel i did too but i didn't have time to get to it was just like how, what do you guys look for when you're picking out best okay I'm looking for a mature dancer. We talked about this topic a lot over the weekend, us three just hanging out and, you know, like having a great conversation. Bangra, like IQ. Do you know what you're doing? Do you know the meaning behind the steps? Do you know how it needs to be presented to everyone? Um, that level of maturity in your dancing needs to be evident um, when we watch that performance. Um, and then on top of that, are you doing this dance just so that you can win this award or are you doing this as a team, right? I'm not just going to give it to you because you stand out so amazingly compared to the rest of your team. This is a team. I even call it a sport sometimes. It's a team sport. You're not doing Bangarao on stage by yourself for a reason, right? You're doing it with a group of other people. Um, so someone who can meet their team almost halfway so that your dancer discrepancy isn't that much, but at the same time you're standing out with your maturity, your grace, how you um you're not gonna like your josh, all of that. Um those are the two things that I look for the most um when trying to decide who I think is best male or female dancer. Yeah, I mean I'll go next. Uh I'll be honest with you, I told Barnett Brianka this this weekend. This is the first time I had to give a best male female or best mix award out. Um usually committees have done that. From comps that I judge, um, I could honestly care less for it. And the reason why is because I feel like if teams aren't coming out to get first place, then it's pointless. Um, and if dancers have this dialogue and discussion, like I'm trying to get first best dancer at this comp, I'm like, man, that's putting your team behind, right? And so to to go off of what Brianka said, it's for me, it's also about how you stay in the context of your own set, but for the entirety of that set. Uh, if you are doing, if you have moments, I get everybody has moments when there's dancer rotation, you come to the front and, you know, okay, in Fulmini, I'm going to kill it. Or in, in 
tomorrow, like that's where I'm going to pop off. I get that. I understand when teams are doing that because it's suggested placement of their dancers, right? But at this competition specifically, and this is something I told both of them as well. For me, there were so many times that great dancers and sets on all of the placing teams and even non-placing teams, they were looking around and then they were huffing and puffing. And I was like, it's, it gets tiresome to watch. And that's why I didn't feel like there was a clear cut best dancer at this call. Um, for, for the girls, it was easier for us to like go back and forth and be like, oh, well, this girl was good. This girl was for the guys. It wasn't as simple. Um, for, because we were trying to figure out kind of like who was the best of not like huffing and puffing or, or at one point seemed like they didn't know what they were doing, honestly. And, and that's something that like, great. It's the reset of the circuit as you may, right? So a lot of people are kind of getting back into the groove of how to do this naturally once again, without having four comps back to back in a spring season. So with that in mind, like that's how my scope of, uh, or perspective of best dancer is and how to pick it out. Somebody has to be great from the beginning to the end of the set. And if they're not amazing from the beginning to the end of the set, they shouldn't get the, the award. Yeah, no, completely agree there. Um, I would just say, I'll answer in two parts. For this competition, and probably we'll get backlash for it, is personally, I didn't even care. I'm like, pick whoever for the, but the girl, we, I think, I think I'm the one that said it, the yellow girl. And then I'm the one's like, yeah. So the girl definitely shout out. And the reason I didn't care be, besides the deliberations or whatever happened, right? Is because, and I agree, like, no guy actually, when you're looking at best dancer, right? And to me, it's always comes to a lot of the best dancer. We, I've given that word a lot, especially in Canada.coms. It really comes down the way they present themselves and the way they're doing nakara and the way they're doing grace and the element of how they can just fucking pick it up in energy segment and just at times slow it down and just fucking, you can just tell that was not apparent in this competition. It's not hard. You can tell when there's a, a dancer that sticks out. There's no guy dancer in this competition that really stuck out to me personally as well. And I mean, that's really that. But how do I look at it? Personally, it's just what these guys say, but also what I just said right there. Like, yeah, you have to, your level is so high. You got it top to down. You have to be the greatest energy. You have to be super graceful. Your nakara has to be proper. The way you hold your shikka, your kunda, the way you drop them, the way you do bataka. Where you can tell that has to be so proper to me. That's how you're going to win best answer by also not sticking out in your team. Right? Because he's like, for example, SDK, got him as a great dancer. He sticks out. He'll probably not win a lot of best answer if he keeps doing that. Amazing dancer. Right? But you also have to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, mash well, gel well with your team as well by still having that high standards of yourself so there's a few dancers i can name that can do that like phenomenally but at this time there wasn't really that there the girl however congratulations you definitely deserved it i don't know your name but amazing amazing job coolio um, oh never mind I, this is kind of good sorry no, go, Gomer. Go. it's gonna kind of change into a different topic that i really wanted to bring up again um the mixes that i was listening to this past weekend really reflected on how much knowledge some of these teams really had uh there were a couple mixes that barely had any dull beats uh, a couple mixes that sounded like ones that you just sit in your car and like you know bob your head to like they weren't mixes that you dance to and you dance to those dull beats and bugger like that's where the whole basis of it comes from so 
my advice to these teams, especially these younger teams, stop listening to these crazy mixes that sound cool now and go listen to live teams and people who were dancing back in the day because they're not dancing to the newest and coolest AP Dillon song. That's not what they're trying to do. They're learning the beats behind these steps. They're learning what each step means and how you're supposed to portray them. And that's what's going to give you that Bangra IQ. And that's what I, what I think is really, really missing at this moment. Yeah, and to that um, point, I would say ahead. GGW and SDK probably for me, music-wise, uh, in terms of musical elements supporting choreography, probably the highest for me on the Uber. Um, just because when it came to Dole, when it came to song selection, and when it came to lyrical dancing, if they tried to do it, because I thought it was a risk to do that. If you do it, they did um, mm. uh, a few things, and then I was like, these directly relate. So in that element, I mean, that category didn't, for me, it wasn't going to overhelp them, but they were the closest to five points that I gave both those teams. The other teams for me were like maybe twos on average, twos or threes. And you have to go ahead and do your research and understand what music means when it comes to dancing pangra, right? Um, yeah. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Bhangra Podcast. Just a reminder that next week we're going to be talking to the judges from Bhangra Blowout. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so you can hear it as soon as we drop. Also, if you like what you heard, the best way you can help out the pod is just to share this episode with a friend. If you want to help out in other ways, you can join our Discord server, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Bhangra Pod. All the links to that are in the show notes.